So Father, over this next few minutes, I just ask you that Father God, what you would have me to say will be the greatest thing that people have heard yet today. That Father, our ears will be open, our hearts will be ready to receive. And that Father, everything that's happening will be done because of your leading and because of your will for us. Father, I thank you that as we, Father, come to the word, just a few simple phrases, I thank you that we hallow it and we lift it to you, Father, and we allow you, Father, to break it open to us with revelation. I thank you for what you're doing in this church, my Father, what you're doing through the families, through the children, the youth, the young adults, through each and every one of us. It's an amazing thing to watch, yes. to listen to the testimonies, and to see, Father God, the freedom that is taking place in people's lives. Yes. You're truly, Father, leading us from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And we're so grateful. Yes. We worship you. We're so grateful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'd like you to go to Revelation 12:22. I want to speak to you a little bit and at least open it up about the blood and the sword. This is something the Lord has been ministering to me about, about the weapons of our warfare. And I know some of you this morning, or some of you over this last period of time, over the last two, three, four months, have been thinking, my goodness, what's going on? It seems to be nothing but warfare. But yet, you take a look out in the world, it's complete warfare. Complete warfare. There's stuff going on all the time. And you can't tell me it's natural. I've been telling everybody that the God of this world is absolutely, frantically at work. Daniel 7.25 says that he is frantically trying to change the times. Yeah. Right? Yes. Because he knows he can't stop what's about to happen. I'm going to ask you one more time, how many people believe that Tulsa's future is greater than his past? What does that look like? That looks like you and me doing exactly what it is we were told today. And the opportunity invitation that is given to us constantly. My prayer for you is that this was just not my conviction. My prayer for you is that this is your conviction also. That you are convicted about the state of affairs that you were convicted about the state of America, the nations of the world, that you are convicted about the state of the young people. That you are convicted. You see, sometimes we can go about our lives and we can grumble about what we don't like, and we can criticize what we don't like, and we can judge what we don't like, but yet the scripture didn't tell us to do that. The scripture told us to pray. Now, have you ever went into a store and you're just having a great day and the person working in the store came at you like a bat out of hell? Or you went to eat your meal and you got the server that seemed to be cooking close to the fires of hell? How many people has ever that happened to? Yes. You have to understand that you come and fresh out of church, sometimes it's not normal. 
Because immediately things are sent to rob what you got in church before you pay your check. <laughs> Mark chapter 4. I'm not telling you to go there. I'm just telling you that you need your warfare on in church, your armor on, and you need your armor on going to dinner after church. Because the things that are going on are not normal. And I'm just going to keep saying this until somebody gets it. The things that are going on are not normal. And I am not taking and sucking on the gas that's going to put me to sleep. And let the Antichrist run away with this. That was a good amen. wasn't bad. Praise the Lord. How many people know when they get you in the dentist chair? And they start working at your mouth with all those injections and they give you all that gas. You're not going anywhere. No matter how much you think you can fly. Wouldn't matter what they did to you right there and then. Your legs, nothing is going to work. You are stuck. That is exactly what Satan is doing to the church. He's getting them in the chair. And giving them the gas. And putting them to sleep. Now that I love Jesus, me and Jesus, I just love Jesus. I love Jesus. I worship Jesus. I sit at Jesus' feet. That's all you do. Just sit at Jesus' feet. Well, he didn't tell us just to sit at his feet. He told us that we would be the army of the Lord. He said that we would build a church that the gates of hell would not prevail again. And he gave you an armor, and you don't need an armor to sit at the feet of Jesus. So you need an armor to take on what's working in the unseen. Because you can't even see your armor, because it's on the unseen. So everything that we have that works with power is in the unseen. But there's a God of this world, the prince of the power of the air, that the church really doesn't want to talk about. They'll criticize me over the last 23 years because I talk about the devil too much or I talk about warfare too much. Well, if you went to the army barracks or you went to the military, are you going to tell them, excuse me, general, you talk to me too much about war? You talk to me too much about ammunition, military, and warfare. <laughs> well, I just joined the army so that I could talk about the president. <laughs> well, that's no different than saying I just got saved so I can talk about Jesus. So I don't believe that, but no, 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 listen to it. In what I'm trying to tell you. Because we think that we're very spiritual by the amount that we say Jesus or the amount that we worship or the amount that we even pray. But there is a practical side to spiritual. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And it involves warfare. <laughs> 
And I know not everybody wants this because truly out of all of the people that even goes to be Navy SEAL, all of these different things, I've just went into orbit. All of these things, very few, why? Because it takes you to be an extraordinary individual that won't tap out. Right. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to tap out. I'm not going to tap out. Come on, say it again. I'm not going to tap out. How many people understand what I'm talking about? So God's trying to grow a company of people that's going to stay in and not tap out. It's the truth. That means there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to work through. You're going to have to face that Navy SEAL, and that's not my message, but I could make it my message. But that Navy SEAL faces himself before he faces the enemy. So he faces the enemy within before he faces the enemy without. Do you know a good percentage of church folks do not want to do that? Now, I love the best life now. I love all of that because I believe that is what God wants. He wants us to live our best life now. But if that's the only part of <clears throat> the part of it that you want, then you have revealed truly how selfish you are. That you just want what God has to give you. You don't want to give anything in return. So really what you're telling everybody is that it's all about you and no one else. Because you just want to live your best life now. But the best life that you could ever live involves everybody else. And it's not about you just making it. It's about all of us making it. And we have a responsibility to each other. Amen. Revelation 12:22 says this, and they have overcome, everybody say that with me, overcome, conquered him by the means of the blood of the lamb, by the utterance of their testimony, for they did not love and cling to life even when faced with death. What a scripture. Revelation 12, what is it? 11, sorry. Revelation 12, 11. And they have overcome and conquered him by the means of the blood of the Lamb and by the utterance of their testimony. For they did not love and cling to life even when faced with death. I want you to pray into this scripture. I know we're believing to live. But we never thought that we would ever have come this direction. A lot of people thought that as a glorious church, we would have been raptured before a pandemic. I'm going to try this section over here. Can I just speak? We want the truth, right? How many people know that was the truth, what I just said? It was the truth. Caught a lot of faith people out. But yet, we have a scripture, right? Go with me to John 16, 33. I'm just taking my time because we're going to get this. 
because we're in the biggest fight of our lives. I will say that one more time. <laughs> we're in the biggest fight of our lives. And the church is still trying to act like everything's normal. Now, how many people know there's nothing normal? Devils that used to hide themselves are revealing themselves. But it's time for the church to reveal themselves. And that's what I'm determined to work at. I won't, I won't keep you long, honestly. Just prop the person up beside you there. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Everybody say good cheer. Good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you. I receive that. I receive that. So this week, the world has been deprived of its power to harm me. Now I can just go out there and just lie down and a truck can run over the top of me because I was in the wrong road. I shouldn't have been in the road. This is talking about the will, the wisdom, the plan, and the purpose of God. This is talking about working, walking, standing in your authority, standing in the grace that God has given you, using and executing that name accurately so that no matter what comes your direction, this world has been deprived of its power to harm you. I am a child of God. I have a father, and his name is what? Jehovah. He is Yahweh. Amen? I was saved by his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I was baptized by his spirit, the precious Holy Spirit. I was filled with his power so that I could live as he is, in this world. Amen. We'll say that again. As he is, so am I in this world. We want to use that when it comes to healing. We want to use that. But I'm telling you, in the victory, as he is, so am I in this world. If he was able to get the victory over Satan, I can get the victory over Satan. If he could get the victory over oppression, I can get the victory over oppression. If he got the victory over accusation, I can get the victory over. If he got the victory over his feelings and emotions and, and all of those things, I can do it too. He gave me the power. How many people believe that? Wave at me right now. Shut it out. I have power to help me overcome as he is so am i now in this world overcoming it does not have the power to harm me hallelujah that's the truth so anything outside of that is lies anything outside of that 
is lies. If the world is harming you, there's something wrong. Check your faith. Check your armor. Check yourself. Check that you didn't leave your shield at home. If something's getting the victory over you, there's a reason. It's not God's intention. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's setup. Because he said, come on, let's read it again. John 16, 33, I have told you these things that in me, say I am in him. How many people are in him right now? Come on, in him. Look, I will have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, I might have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. There's lots of it, lots of it. But look, he says, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. What's he talking about? The spirit. Yes. Spirit of the world. Everything that that entails, encapsulates. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. And have conquered it for you. So when this whole mess wants to become my mess, I have the authority and I have the victory to lift up my hand and speak the name of Jesus and say, this mess is not coming into my world. I'm going to say it again. This mess is not coming into my world. That means every spirit, every spirit, every spirit that is not of God is not allowed to interfere with my world because Jesus has already conquered it and deprived it of its power to harm me. I have told you these things that in me you will have confidence. So I don't step into this tomorrow wondering. I step into this tomorrow knowing that whatever weapon has been formed against me very elementary, very simple, but this is where it's at. This week you're going to do this to the devil. Those sassy people among us know exactly what that is. Devil chirping in your ear. I'm enjoying myself. Everybody running around wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. I hope, brother, brother Paul, I hope 23 is going to be better than 22. What do you think? In my world, it's going to be amazing. I go said again, in my world, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be more healthy. It's going to be more wealthy. I'm going to have more victories than what I've ever had. Right? Come on. We're the head and not the tail. We're above only, not beneath. He set me up.
up. He sets you up. You are set up for success. He's given you everything that pertains unto life and godliness. He left nothing out. He gave you everything. Everything that I am, I give it to you. That's exactly what he did. As he is, so are we in this world. Everything that I am, praise the Lord, amen, by the Spirit of God, I now give it to you. And the Holy Spirit came, amen, and we receive the Holy Spirit of God infilled into our lives, and we are baptized with power in everything that God is. We are in this world. I'm going to say it again. Everything that he is, we are in this world. You're not looking for more power. We're just looking and learning how to release it. When some of us find the switch, it's over, baby, I'm telling you. But the enemy wants you to live like you always need something else. You don't need nothing else. You got the lock, stock, and barrel. Everything you ever could get from heaven lives in the inside of you right now. Let's go back to Revelation 12, 11. We're only done two verses today. But the first hour and a half was about 403 verses. Don't you love the Lord? I tell you, I love to be around fighting folk. I love it. I tell you, I love to be around people that just don't not fight with each other, but fighting folk. Just fighting folk. You know what fighting folk are like? You ever get one of them as a friend? Hold on to them. Because they're letting nothing come near you. I have people that, I tell you, speak to me all the time. I say, Pastor, they ever try to touch you? They'll have to go through me. I said, oh. I said, you're a keeper. Hallelujah. Amen. See, when you find somebody that's willing to fight for you, don't ditch them. Stick around them. You find a pastor or a minister or somebody that's willing to fight for you, hold on to them. Hold on to her. Don't try to hide his dagger. Stop trying to hide my spear. You want me fully clad, fully armored, and ready for every battle that ever comes towards your house. I show up to your house and I'm fully clad like a soldier. And you meet me at the door and your whole family's in there and you step out, close the door behind you and say, Pastor, all my family's here. I'm just asking you to go easy. You know, the stuff you do at church, don't, don't. Just don't, don't do it today because my Auntie Wilma is here and she's Southern Baptist. Well, I'm the reason you're Auntie Wilma. I'm the reason that our... Don't you, don't you go trying to steal my sword and take off my armor and I'm there to do warfare on behalf of your family. 
And you say, Pastor, before you come in here now, if you would leave your dagger down, your sword down, your, your, your cape, you know, your Superman cape, you know, if you, would, if you would leave that down before you come in because they're not used to this. Well, it's going to be like this, honey, they're about to get used to it pretty quickly. Because you want me to come in here? I'm coming in with the full lot stock. I want you to look at here where things are changing, praise the Lord. Now I'm speaking to you, you know, you're the one, remember, at the Thanksgiving table, all fired up Wednesday. But on Thursday at Thanksgiving table, you're just not so fiery because all the dump people are there. And they really don't like your fire. And they really don't want you to display your fire. That's true. Hello. Yes. And you say, Lord, I'll be back with you after Thanksgiving. <laughs> but what your family actually need at the Thanksgiving table yeah. is Holy Ghost fire. Yeah. So why would you leave outside what has the potential to deliver them. I'm preaching to the back right now. Wave at me. I want you to shout it out. December is going to be a powerful month of deliverance. How many people believe this? Oh God, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. December is going to be a powerful month of deliverance. You know why I say these things? Because there's some people, they don't even know you're saying, you're walking the aisles. You go, I didn't even know I was walking the aisles, but I'm walking the aisles. The, the truth of the matter is, guys, is that some people don't even know that they need delivered. I know some people are going, ouch, with what I'm doing. But you're going to go, yippee. Once whatever has held you for all these years has left you. <laughs> there's things, uh, there's things trespassing. And we have to get the church sorted. <laughs> because if we look like what I said earlier, down our nose at the world, we don't have what they need. If we sit in judgment of the world as a Christian, then we don't have what they need. If all we can do is criticize the unbeliever, then we don't have what, we, what they need. Do you know what we do have? A spirit of religion. A spirit of religion. And I'm not messing with this spirit of religion anymore. There's people coming into the kingdom of God, ladies and gentlemen. You heard me say it earlier. And I'm telling you, they're not coming in pretty. 
And you're going to wonder, can you trust them? But you know what? I could ask you. Even as a believer, 40 years, can I trust you? Man, this is such a hard message. It's not hard. Just yield. Just yield. The glory is manifesting. Oh, the glory is manifesting. I'm going to say it again. The glory is manifesting. When somebody gets agitated with you, and there's no reason for them to get agitated with you, stop and think. Don't become lambastic. Don't become agitated by this person that's coming against you. Be smarter than the world. And know that what is confronting you is a spirit that needs to be lifted off the person that you're dealing with. So you actually become a sent one to get that server free. You are a missionary to the restaurant. You are a missionary to the store. Come on, I've overcome the world. So if we're getting agitated because everybody's agitation, what change has taken place in our lives? It's so good, Lord. Thank God my wife's saying amen. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a happy dinner today. It's just agree we get our server saved today. Amen. Come let's all agree that we get our servers saved today in the name of Jesus. We go out of this church today on a Holy Ghost mission. Amen. I mean, just, just speak to them as you talk to them. Do you know the Lord? It's a captive audience. They want your tip. It's a captive audience. As you're filling out that receipt, just ask them, do you know the Lord? They will respond nicely. But if there's agitation, know That's true. that there is a spirit there is. that doesn't like you. Ah. Doesn't like the light you carry. That's right. Well, thank God for light. I said, thank God for light. The worship team, please come back. We're getting ready to finish. I'm going to let you out early. Did you get anything out of this? The Holman Bible said this, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony for they did not love their lives in the face of death. For they did not love their lives. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. So, Father, we just submit this to you today. I did two scriptures. But God ministered. 
And that's what we want. Close your eyes with me all over this room. My job is not to hatch, match, and dispatch. I am not here just to receive your children when they're born. I'm not here just to marry your children. And I'm not here just to bury your children or anyone. The job of a pastor is so much more. Your well-being. It is a tremendous responsibility of one that holds such spiritual weight. I wish I could say over all these years that everybody wanted my input. But you learn pretty quickly that the amen is when we agree. But the Omis shout loudly in the grandstands of life. That Navy SEAL, those people that get through, it's not because that they're any better than anybody else. It's that they just refuse to be beaten. Were there doing those water exercises and they're pushing them to their limits, oxygen capacity, their lung capacity. You have to have a mindset that if I die, I died trying. But I'm not getting up just to save my breath. And when it comes to the scripture of Revelation 12, 11, this is really what it's talking about. The believers will have to come to a place in their lives that no matter what, I'm not tapping out. And I don't care, I don't care how hard it gets or how weighty the pressure comes. In this day and hour that I live in, I am not tapping I It's the truth. Have you any idea how much pressure I'm under at times? But that never gives me the right to make you feel it. change is yours 
work with him and receive the grace to change. Don't fight the process. Stay in him and receive the oil of his presence. And you will be well greased up to withstand any friction of the necessary process that you need to go through to become what he wants you to be. He's given you everything. Everything. And sometimes when the pressure to change comes, that's when we want to fight everyone and everything. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you putting this pressure on me? I can't stand anymore. But yet, we're being forged, shaped, molded. I don't like what he's doing. I don't like what she's doing. I don't feel comfortable. that little caterpillar bug comes to the day and it's now time to hang on the end of a twig that little bug doesn't know what's about to happen but then all of a sudden that little bug becomes like nothing's happening. Have you ever had a moment in your life where it looks like, I don't know what's going on. Nothing's happening. You could be in the most powerful moment of metamorphosis spiritually that you've ever entered into in your life. That little bug becomes cocooned becomes insignificant, used to be able to crawl, eat leaves, had lots of legs, was able to do great and wonderful things. <laughs> and now, it's just hanging in a cocoon. Looking like nothing's happening. like nothing's happening, guess what? He's not only got legs, he's not got wings. And he used to be able to only walk, but now his capacity is so increased that now about to fly. He, he didn't like that moment of the squeeze. 
He didn't like that moment of change. Nobody sat him down and said, now listen, Mr. Buck, you're about to go into metamorphosis. But Pastor, I wish that somebody would have told me it was going to be like this. Go talk to the bug. No one told him. But yet when the bug emerged from that little cocoon, now he's flapping something on his back he never used to have. I declare it over you. Some of you are about to use things you never thought you had. Some of you are about to do things you never thought you would ever do. So just go through the change. Just let it happen. 